like the self-care piece kind of gets put by the wayside and then yeah because I think moms think they have to do all and be all and like we were kind of chatting earlier like when you're home again this is a great way to highlight expectations with your partner because the mom usually has the expectation oh I better get the laundry done I better fold everything I better mm-hmm. have supper everything needs to be tidy when my, my partner I'm comes home all day in quotation I'm marks home all day and then if you ask the partner they're like what is your expectation of Jen well to, to keep her daughter alive <laughs> <laughs> that is so true <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. If you are noticing, we'll say those flags in what um, a mom or dad is experiencing, make it about them. Because a lot of times the conversation is, how's baby doing? What's baby, like how are the, like all Mm -hmm. of the questions about baby, but just how are you? And how are you do, like, what are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And see what the conversation opens up to and how much, where their willingness is to share and if you do suspect um, that the mom is struggling with postpartum depression or, or anxiety, just be open. Say like, you know, I've I've noticed a few things. Um, what like what is going on in your in your mind? And then bringing back that validation of being like, yeah, that that would be really hard if you're having like the fear that you're gonna die. H- have you talked to anybody about right, that? Right. Yeah. Or That's kind of what I was. Yeah. Would you consider talking to somebody about that, and like opening it up? Because a lot of times, you know, we're not we bringing into the conversation to the mom think that we need to have a solution, and we don't always have a solution mm-hmm. or need to problem solve. And sometimes that mom isn't needing the solution either it's more like oh, that's a really good point just the guidance to get them to share and perhaps open up the conversation about have you thought about seeking help yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's or just validating like yeah yeah because yeah, i mean yeah and i'm just thinking that i feel like that's a real real life thing that mm-hmm. um um for people to seek help is difficult and for to see other people who maybe are struggling is also a difficult spot to be in. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it, um, if it were me, I, it's a very difficult conversation to start. Like it it would take courage from somebody. Like I would imagine it would take a lot of courage to get that conversation started. Um, I also feel like I'm not qualified to offer any help, but I think that's important is that (laughs) it's not my job to offer help. It's just to, it's just to chat. Um, I think that's a great cause I always say to to my clients and anybody like our friend and family are excellent supports. When we're looking, when it looks like we're needing something extra, that's where we go to the professional right. supports of where you're needing. Because our friends and family can give us the best that they within what they know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is it like I mean yeah, and I'm gonna this is totally made up situations, but. Um, 
is it ever totally out of line? Like I'm just imagine, you know, you see somebody who, hmm, it, it perhaps seems like that person is struggling. I would like to, I mean, the reason you would start that conversation is to help them, right? To guide them, hopefully, to a place where maybe they reach out for help. But is it ever crossing line to be like, um, like let's just say you get that conversation going, they open up a little bit and just say, hmm, like. It, it seems like Amy Rave would be a really good person for you to talk with. Is that is that helpful? Or is that like to suggest somebody go seek help? Is that, that's not, you know I, what I mean? Is that crossing a line? I don't think it's crossing no. a line. Right. Like when your heart's in a good place, I just feel like for my brain, I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't want to offend that person. That's always my fear. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, anyway, your, your opinion on that would be great. <laughs> no, I don't think that that's crossing any lines. Cause like you said, it's in the best, like you're coming from a loving and caring place and, and reminding that of that person. Like I'm, I'm coming from a caring place. You know, I am a little concerned and I don't want, I don't mean to alarm or up, upset you. Right. Um, I have this information here for you if it's about me. Yeah. Um, for you to check out if not like you know go to her instagram page and you'll be it's not a therapist a therapist or but it's meant to help guide people through that information of a not feeling alone yeah. in what they're going through and some helpful mindful tools in it like and at least make the connection it, with you so they could yeah now that resource is i there. think that's a huge because i just think that well, it's an easy like send for a friend. Um, and like you said, it doesn't even have to be these wild red flags. Like it's just, it's a great, it's hard. Like if you mm -hmm. want to chat with someone, this, like, I feel like I follow this woman on Instagram and like, I really love her posts. It's just positive messaging in a social media feed. Yeah. Um, which but is I sometimes feel, hard because our social media can be filled. Yes. With fakeness. <laughs> um, but I just think it's so awesome because people get a chance to kind of see you and it's not this, it's not as scary. Um, like even for us, I'm like, Oh, I like, I know what she looks like. Yeah. I, I know which one she'll be because I've seen her on Instagram. Um, and so you almost let them into your life a little bit to, and I think they get yeah. to see what kind of counselor I am through that to feel like if it is an alignment for them or not. And I've had many women reach out if it was through Facebook or Instagram being like, hey, my friend sent me your page. So Okay, nice. Always, um, or, you know, my friend told you about it because they're opening that conversation. Yeah. So it's breaking that barrier and that, that we can all do in breaking that cycle and normalizing hey, like I may, I may be struggling in, in postpartum and that's okay. Yeah, I think yeah, to, to normalize that, um, reaching out is okay. And I just, yeah, I'm just imagining a friend being in that situation where it, it takes, um, well, like it takes when it's courage real, yes, for it takes the person a, yes. to bring it up to yes, the mom. Absolutely does. So um, yeah, just I, I enjoy talking through that little scenario so that um, when and it actually happens, it's actually in my head now kind of step by step okay this is perhaps how i would help that person yeah yeah and like i said making it about mom and checking in with them and then something that we could do is offer like a specific tag like you know how like a lot of times we're like oh let me know if you need anything mm -hmm. a mom's never gonna let you know what they're needing yes. yeah. so like offering be like i'm gonna come uh bring you coffee and drop you off a meal and have a visit or whatever yeah 
just do it rather than maybe exactly hey let me know when you need help do it or if it comes to like professional support being like you know i'll drive you to your appointment so you don't have to feel alone i'll take you to the doctors where we can discuss it or i'll take you to your counselor's appointment if you're worried about it yeah like just kind of step up for a friend or family member yeah in that kind of way do people ever come in and kind of think like like maybe they're not hopeful that this process will help them in the sense that like how is talking going to help me with these like big things and in life like do fair and sometimes what they might be going through is something that you can't repair if that makes sense yeah and then it's more about like yeah like how are you doing that is really shitty to go through your partner's away for the next yeah you know month for work and you have a newborn and a toddler this is going to be a hard season or a hard phase and sometimes it's about normalizing that and then um fitting in when they can do some self-care for for themselves because we as moms don't prioritize self-care because we just don't think we're deserving of it but we we are or we deem it not important enough because we don't see the value in self-care sometimes yeah it's like oh well i showered well taking a shower is our hygiene that's a basic need (laughs) yes it does feel good to take a shower but a lot of things like i've shared is well, why don't you make that ordinary into an extraordinary? So I always give the example, like when I'm wanting to take an extra, like nice shower, I put on my favorite, like low key vibe playlist. I get my diffuser out um, or I'll listen to a podcast and I will do like a hair mask. Like I take more time mm-hmm. with it so that it's now an experience for me that is just giving me a little bit of self-love yeah to myself as and uh, is that something that you see like that like the self-care piece kind of gets put by the wayside and then yeah because I think moms think they have to do all and be all and like we were kind of chatting earlier like when you're home again this is a great way to highlight expectations with your partner because the mom usually has the expectation oh I better get the laundry done I better fold everything I mm-hmm. better have supper everything needs to be tidy when my my partner I'm comes home, home all day in quotation I'm marks home all day and then if you ask the partner they're like what is your expectation of Jen well to to keep her daughter alive <laughs> yeah, that is so point. true <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's like Oh, yeah, well, I am doing that. (laughs) But that's just like why I always advocate for expectations conversation. And then I even break them down into like relationship, like as a couple expectation, um, you know, newborn expectation or like toddler parental expectation of what it what it looks like. We need to be giving um, like outside of if we're struggling with, you know, postpartum. Um, we need to be giving a hundred percent in our household, but that hundred percent is on a scale. So it's like when you can't give a hundred percent, Zach comes and picks up. Okay. You, you have a headache. You need to rest. Let's go to the park. And then 
vice versa. Yeah. It should always be. As a team. As a team. We're getting 100%. We're getting 100%, not individually. Yeah. And so recognizing, bringing it back to postpartum, recognizing that, you know, this is a season and that 100% may be, you know, heavy dad. And that's okay. It's a season. Yeah. (laughs) That we're going through. And one of the number one way, not number one, I was, one of the ways like our nervous system gets dysregulated is by pregnancy and huge life transitions. And then if you're coupling it on with like a birth trauma, well then of course our threshold for stress is going to be like right low. And that's something I had no idea. I was like, oh. It doesn't make sense. Like this makes this makes sense recognizing patterns and things that I did when my son wouldn't nap and then I felt myself um, getting angry that he wouldn't nap and then I would go out and drive just to get him to nap because I'm like this is the designated nap time and we are <laughs> napping <laughs> but just how strong that has a hold and a hold on you is just really powerful well and even sleep like yeah. we sleep often is the number one way that we don't feel well yes so like even we talk about a lot with our you know nutrition clients and even just in fitness in general like your willpower is not like a renewable resource so if you if you don't get a good night's sleep you're you're just starting the day like you have almost no patience like you, that's just how Absolutely. you're gonna start the day so it's like you have a wild morning with whatever um happens like you're just you're just out for the day so like in that newborn phase of not a lot of sleep and transition transition and like there's just a lot going on in that yeah and i've always found again like i mean this whole thing is about talking to somebody i've just Mm -hmm. always found even when things can't be fixed just getting it out like saying it out loud over talking about it and like recognizing, okay, why do I feel this way? Even if it can't be fixed, just identifying the why I feel this way, um, I've always found super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who, where I got this from, but it was just about it was about just transitions. Like when people, whenever I talk with somebody and they got something going on, and I'm like just being like, okay, you're you're in a transition. Like if it's moving to a different house, and all of a sudden they're like, geez, I'm stressed out. Uh, my nutrition's off. I'm not, I'm like, okay, like you're in this transition phase and you just got to ride it out and then things will go back to normal. And all of a sudden, like even they're like, oh, okay. Like, oh yeah. Okay. It's because of the move. I feel better now. So sometimes like, <laughs> it's like, you can't even fix the problem. But I think just usually when we hash things out and just recognize perhaps the culprit of, oh, like I feel crazy because I'm not getting sleep. You're like, yeah, probably. Of course, like, oh, okay. yeah. Like, I don't feel so crazy now. Like, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're validating. Like, of course, you're the lack not of feeling sleep well, right? The, all that stuff is like, just it. It yes, it's not just you. Like, mm-hmm. slowly lose. Like, you're there's things going on that are actually yeah. Um, and the yeah. number one, what I'm finding, and I feel like all moms, the number one way for us to feel moody, irritable, less patient is obviously sleep when we're not rested then yeah like you said we do look a little bit more testy (laughs) (laughs) and then um our children like you know we can be triggered by their crying or their screams and that's okay because there could be some past trauma there to leading to why we feel triggered or maybe you know there was an event that happened in in postpartum or maybe you're you're baby was colicky 
And so every time that phase is over, but every time you hear um, that cry now that they're like, you know, 11 months old, it's it triggers because what's really interesting is that like we obviously have emotional memory. So our emotions are like, oh, this feels because that little piece in our, the middle of our brain takes you back. The amygdala is yeah. sending off like alarms. I remember like, this. I remember this. This didn't feel good then, and trying to create safety, but that safety is really chaos inside. So it's yeah. really hard. We're always having to like check ourselves. I always bring in all of my um, sessions. Like I said, we like counseling as a whole. We need to talk about our body, and we need to talk about our mind because there's going to be times where our body is speaking louder or where our mind is speaking louder. Like you're, you're struggling with intrusive thoughts. You're, you're struggling with, with negative self-talk or, okay, I'm struggling because I have no, no energy or I'm struggling because I'm literally feeling anxiety happen of sweating, nausea, vomiting, racing heart, the nervous poops, yeah, <laughs> whatever it may be. And it's like, okay, I have to prioritize one of these to help calm me. Yeah, I feel like I went off there, but no, no but yeah, good. that that is so true. Like, yeah, because yeah, they both and they don't always say the same things. Exactly. Or we try to silence one and, thing. <laughs> and sometimes we look for those whys, and we might not know those whys in in that moment. And so it comes when, you know, how there's that. Uh, I don't, now I'm going to butcher it, but like things come when you're still, or I don't know what the exact. Yeah, thing. that's all right. <laughs> yes, but. When we're in a dysregulated state, of course, like we take out logic, reason, insight, judgment, problem solving. <laughs> we're not going to know those whys. We're just fixated on like the chaos that's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's when when we come back into a neutral place, then it's kind of like you can take inventory. Oh, okay. Well, like the baby was, was crying. I was in the middle of making supper. Um you know, my, my toddler was yelling for me to come wipe their bum, <laughs> like yeah. turning the volume up on the TV. There was a lot going on right there. <laughs> and I just became a little bit dysregulated and I could have yelled. I could have, um, I don't know, felt panicky. Yeah, inside. but just to recognize. But to, to notice it and, and name it. Like, right. this is anxiety yeah. or this is a negative uh, a negative thought. This is an intrusive thought. Yeah. An unwanted thought. Yeah. I love it. Um, do you have any, you mentioned that you have some pillars of perinatal resiliency, but also probably could be translated to things that are not necessarily related just to <laughs> perinatal. I'm guessing they're going to be some, yeah. Yeah. Some so pillars any, for all of us, anybody can find this information. I did um, my birth and reproductive trauma course from the Canadian perinatal mental health training and their client resources are all free to access and are really a go-to for me that um, I like to share with my clients. So from from there, they have the six pillars of perinatal resiliency. So of course, that comes back to self-care. <laughs> so adequate self-care. So just being mindful of how, what you can do for, for yourself if it is going to get a Starbucks, it's minor because self-care um, encompasses like, you know, journaling, reflection, connection, sharing our, sharing our narrative, um, 
and then like having enough help like you know that classic it takes a village yeah. to raise. yes and that's just the same when we want to look at the supports around us we want it to like wrap around us and mm-hmm. we're in the middle so we can access any kind of support that we're needing if it's a friend if it's a doctor a midwife a counselor um so yeah having enough help and not feeling shamed and asking uh, like we were talking before we started i said i wish i had a doula yeah <laughs> when um i had my children because that's just another level of support that could come into the home that a could help provide you mental support or like with your mental health your physical health um obviously baby related questions physical questions of yourself in recovery um helping to do light light activities or even letting uh, the doula stay there and, and you go run out and do an errand like that's amazing yes yeah and um i want to advocate for their supports absolutely so, we are like support all the way so having enough supports and then feeling understood how that kind of came up already is like you know as a, as a mom or somebody who's struggling through something you want to feel heard you want to be listened um, and, and you want to feel validated in the things. And so just having that community around you, like I just said, to kind of really validate of those things, like that was a really tough labor. Like, do you want to talk about it? And a lot of times we have to be mindful of when we're, when we're sharing, because um, sometimes, you know, that comparison can be, can be there, but we have to gauge whether that comparison is coming from like a meaningful way of like, you know, that other mom is just trying to connect with me or, you know, okay, well this yeah maybe he's making, you know, this is turned into your story. Yes. So just mm-hmm. like, that's what I was going to add is that like, I, I've been working on this for many years is just to, in an attempt to relate to not. And I think saying that power down there, like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Like you had this well, I had this. And all of a sudden that was like their moment of probably seeking some help. Um, but anyway, as a friend, I try to do a better job of just listening, not ever trying to relate in a way to make their story less significant. But, um, cause in those moments where we get somebody to share that now it's your, you know, it's my turn, our turn to listen. Um, and you don't always have to relate by, um, you know, oh, your dog died. Like, yeah, I, my dog died too. Like sometimes that doesn't help them. They just want to share their feelings. But um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think being on the other end of that conversation, gauge when it feels like it's appropriate or okay to be like, you know, I went through something similar. Um, I, I do that in, in my sessions and I do disclose that. Like I say, you know, there's times where I feel like, you know, we're just needing to connect on this level because, you know, I have gone through similar things. And sometimes it's nice to know that the person that you're talking with professionally has has experienced some of those exact same things that you're going through. And then it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> I'm yeah well it's a, it's a way of like I'm not alone yeah like, I'm, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not alone yeah. and like you can almost in my sessions sometimes I've almost seen like as if that tension could melt away and they just like have that sigh of relief I mean like yeah I'm not I'm not crazy I'm not alone like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh. I'm not the only one I'm not I hope the that's only what we one. did at, at the beginning of our podcast where Amy told her story and then I jumped in and told my story <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was a moment just to relate and not to. No, I appreciate because actually I think that it's very important to heal, to hear the the male's perspective because like we were talking about, 
you know, the birth trauma isn't just affecting one person. It's affecting both. And I feel like more dads should normalize that and talk about that. So, no, thank okay, you. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, and I mean, truth be told, when I said, hey, like, we're going to go chat with Amy for our podcast. You're like, oh, like, maybe you girl, you know, like, should I come? And I'm like, yeah, you should come. Like, not in a bad way, but it's like almost that initial like it's well, two have, moms talking about yeah you know it was, almost, it was almost a feeling i don't know if i have anything to add yes to a conversation but yes that was not the right viewpoint definitely um got to represent the guys and sometimes break those barriers yes, yeah guys are going through stuff too yes um, absolutely yeah. no matter how long in in the journey like i said um my husband um, was brave enough to share his story five years later. And it's interesting through sharing our narrative because it's more me that I'm like, hey, like this is coming up for me. Can I talk about it? And then there'll be like little pieces that come up. He's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, you didn't you didn't tell me. How are you not telling me this right now? And like even asking him to share um, his story, I just like casually asked him. I was like, what do you think about that? He's like, oh, yeah, maybe. And then like out of out of the blue, I get like an email. He was downstairs with my son. I was I was upstairs looking at my phone and I thought it was spam or like <laughs> he'd been hacked or something at first. And I was like and it was labeled like my story. I was like, what's this? And then I open it up and then I was like, oh, my gosh, he did it. He didn't even tell me and then started to read it. And then like, yeah, all of those emotions emotions came up especially obviously when he said he was holding holding yeah. our son and like crying himself and how fearful and panicked he was that because all of the nurses they obviously pressed the button and all the nurses and staff like ran to our room but um one you know funny thing from it after having bell's palsy he nicknamed me two-faced from <laughs> batman <laughs> he's like i don't i don't know what side to to, to look at or to and then he's like now you're like a pirate because i had to wear an eye patch to bed uh, to protect my eye because i couldn't close it oh my that's goodness. one thing that guys do well is find humor insert joke cover it with humor awkward, or find humor. Awkward humor. Yes. but now because of that you know it's something that i laugh on and it's at the starting point of our birth kind of it's a trauma healthy, it's yeah. a hell yeah because he told me that because i was super hungry when we we're in the er and i was like can you go to tim hortons and then i was starting to eat but he's like <laughs> I don't know what. It's like obviously like my my left side's like drooping and i'm trying to chew this oh, bag <laughs> but anyway i should finish the yeah, uh, yes. no pillars i'm surprised i remembered sometimes <laughs> um having manageable level of stress so that's, again, kind of looking at those supports around you. Like, of course, going into this new phase and newborn stage, um, our stress level is going to be heightened, especially as a new a new uh, parent. Like, our, we don't know. Where does anxiety live? In fear of unknown, in fear of the future. And so it's just kind of like we're at a hyper anxious state, especially as a new parent. And that's why you do see, like, um, you know, a second time parent or third time, fourth time, whatever it may be, they're a little bit more relaxed in their like parenting style because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, like I know these pathways. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. <laughs> and then uh, feeling ready for baby. So just doing that preparation. If it is, um, you know, perinatal or yeah, perinatal classes, um, 
looking at those supports. So that would be like a great way. Um, you know, I have some clients who are coming here as a preventative, as education, because um, they know that they're going into a new phase of their life and they just want to feel better prepared. So it is happening and you are seeing moms come here, not necessarily at a at a level of you know, depression or anxiety or trauma. It's like, I want to be informed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's So that's been really yeah, that's great the, to see. Yeah, I like that. And then having, uh, here comes back to the expectations, having realistic expectations. So again, I think it comes back to having that conversation of what the expectation is of, you know, the mom being home. And um, with a lot of my uh, pregnancy clients, I when they're getting to their due date in postpartum we usually do like a postpartum pack i call it and in one of uh one of the informations is a template of how i can support so it's a list of all of like your household chores and then spots for um, you and your partner to fill out so then it can kind of take away some of that burden of like i have to do all of this so like if you were nursing um and supper was, I don't, or something had to be done, or the laundry had to be switched. Uh, and your spouse says, can I help in any way? You can A, either say like, yeah, can you go to that list that we made? And I'll, I'll tell you something that needs to be done. Or just saying like, yeah, can you switch the laundry for me? Like, you don't have to do all those little tasks mm-hmm. alone. Like, again, like how it said, how we, how we were saying, like, we need to have 100% as a team. And that's the same in postpartum. And that's why I always say you guys should have a conversation of postpartum expectations, what my role is, what their role is. And like, like that and diagram, some are going to be on the outside, some are going to be in the middle. And if they're on the outside, what are those keyword workable compromises, not sacrifice. Yeah. Workable compromises. So yeah, that's the six pillars of perinatal resiliency from the Canadian perinatal mental health training for anybody to check it out. I love that last one, especially. I just remember like you'd be going to bed at 11 thinking, whew, Kate, let's just get through the night. Just get through the night. And like in our family, it worked best for us to Zach, for Zach to sleep downstairs. I stayed upstairs with Pax and I just said, if I need help, I'll call you. But otherwise, I need you like in tip top shape for the morning with the coffee on. <laughs> coffee is ritual <laughs> at whatever time. A lot of people would ask us and I would I would feel I would carry a little bit of guilt because they'd say, oh, like, how are you guys sleeping? And I'm saying and I was like, I am 100 percent rested all the time. Like we made a mm-hmm. game plan and it just it worked for us. But um, I slept downstairs. and I never got up. So I was always functioning with 100 percent brain power. Mm hmm not that's not a a dig at you but (laughs) your sleep was sacrificed a bit but then i was like definitely able to like breakfast yeah tasks and clean yeah versus us both being like you know what i can share that guilt because i mean if i breastfed so i was nursing but now as our children are toddlers we have just figured it out that it's better if my husband gets up in the night he functions better with that disruption in the sleep than I do it takes me longer to fall back asleep to fall back asleep or it ta- like I'm just um so that's the, like that's the team mentality right yeah, there right exactly. yeah it's not as enough to be a perfect division of but I yeah. I share like guilt that way um 
and like how you like I was like I can't necessarily always relate that you know me the mom is always getting getting up like this is what works best for our our household and this is how both of us or then like the family the family like I'm usually up earlier like after 5 a.m or 6 a.m throughout the week and weekend and then my husband has that chance to and then I'll voice that being like not today I can't (laughs) (laughs) and then he'll let me sleep just like I shouldn't I don't even like saying then he will let me but then yes I have that opportunity so figuring out what works best for your team exactly and that's how like expectations are why it comes back to that conversation yeah that is I don't I feel like that is so powerful the yeah what works best for your team and Turn off Instagram. <laughs> Don't worry about what works and best even for like, other even people's like, teams. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't just accept, like it doesn't even have to be like, I mean, is it fair? Is it fair that I never got up in the night and you did? Like, I would say that's not fair, but I, I guess uh, thank you for letting me <laughs> like, I think that, but ultimately that, I mean, and it was kind of your game plan. So I'm mm-hmm. thanking you for coming up with that game plan. Cause I think when we started doing that, like, it was just almost, it just started working better for our household. Mm-hmm. Like and that's you, the key. You never made me feel guilty. Like I'm getting up, so you better get up too. And you know, it and just. And that's also the other yeah. key. <laughs> that you didn't make him, like you didn't yes. have that guilt. Like you guys. The resentment. Or yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Or resentment. It's like we just, it was like a game plan that we're like, does this look like it's going to work best for us? <laughs> yes. I think it does think look it like does. on paper, like we just got to go with this. But on the managing expectations, the story that comes to my mind, Jen, is, um, um, something I'm really good at is just like, like if there's dishes to be done, I'm okay leaving them. And like, <laughs> I'd be like sitting and I'm very good at not doing chores. <laughs> um, no, but you're, you're good at setting your own personal boundaries. Yeah, like well, if you've like, had enough for I the night. I will do the dishes. I'm going to do the dishes tomorrow at 6.15 in the morning. Like I'm very good at like, Right. Where I think the, you, there was like a light bulb moment for you early on with Pax and where like, remember you'd be home all day and you would mm-hmm. carry guilt or like, cause Jen is a very, Jen loves getting shit done <laughs> like 30 tasks a day. And then you're like, what an awesome day I had. I did this and this and this. But then when, when Paxson was a baby, right. It was breastfeeding for eight hours a day. Well, yeah. And even pumping that, in between when, when breastfeeding, but you felt like you weren't being the best mom and you weren't being the best task completer. And just when you just decide, like when you were home alone with her, you're like, okay, I'm just going to have fun with packs and we're going to do these things. And like, then I would come home from work and then maybe then I would do the dishes. Like Mm -hmm. then you felt better. Like I'm not going to multitask like a crazy person and and try to get 40 things done. Do you know that? Like you, you basically, you started managing expectations of like, um, probably for me to have just a good day is just to like let that stuff go that's not super important mm-hmm. i don't know if that's for magic yes we did some no, like but, uh, boundary well, work <laughs> i think a couple words right you gave yourself permission to yes. be like okay this is where i'm at these are what i'm going to prioritize yes and like my value is in connecting with my child yeah my value isn't like I got to do all of these, yes. these things because they will get done. And, and then they come up again the next day. And then they come up the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's just like later in life you make these realizations or um, yeah, just some journaling. But yeah, just 
I don't know. Yeah. Reflecting giving on, I giving think what, what, permission yeah. to, or asking like, no, I feel a lot better when like this is like, if this gets done in a day and then working as a team instead mm-hmm. of me resenting. Yeah. I think it's just, I mean, it's all, we communicate, we, <laughs> we go through all I mean, the at, same things. Yeah. But. And at the end of the day in a relationship, we want to feel heard, listened and loved. That's like what's important in that postpartum and as parents Mm -hmm. my favorite question this is kind of off topic but my favorite question to ask you know those um, clients that I do see and I use this as a reflective question of myself and you guys could use it too Um, at the end of the day if you go to bed and you say did I make my partner feel loved today and what would that answer be that's a good one because that's a good one a really I I I like it too because it's a good reflection and then it's like whoa when was the last time I made my partner feel mm-hmm. loved? Yeah. yeah. I know that's a little off topic. No, no but it is right crazy because I think if you asked for, if you do have a child and I know this podcast is, has been focused on, you know, the, um, the perinatal journey and, um, I never mean to trigger anyone that is trying to have children or anything like that. But, um, I feel like if you asked, did you make your daughter feel loved? Like, I feel like that question is always, yes, yes. And I can And it goes back to what you were saying about Jared, is that we found it interesting that he said, he said husband before kids. And it's just like, it's not that he doesn't love his kids, like that's, Mm -hmm. but it's it's permission or whatever to realize like, did I have this other thing? Yeah. yeah, Because that relationship came first. And I would argue that like when we're connecting, Mm -hmm. um, the, and the other things definitely go better. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right? I remember when I was pregnant with my son and saying to my husband, like um, having the conversation, like we need to remember that we were husband and wife before becoming parents. And our relationship is, is really important and obviously one that's really meaningful for us. So like, how do we mm-hmm. continue that? Continue that and like having children is a really big and same with those hurdles of like you know loss and grief and infertility like those are those are big obstacles to overcome together and you know if we're then having breakdowns in our communication and same like I tell clients really three big elements of our relationships with our partner is healthy communication and open communication our physical health of course being sexual but like hand holding kissing Mm -hmm. hugs eye contact um and then humor so if if we're missing that in our in our you know relationships that just like you said how when you guys were communicating it felt better so if that gets lost yeah then what is our parental experience look like in postpartum and then obviously throughout all of those other stages of toddlers and kids and yeah yeah i really like the what did i do today to make my partner feel loved it's a great reflection piece yeah yeah um my favorite thing i've ever learned about the relationship aspect and i've said this to you before but it was because what was your three things again to be heard to be heard like listened uh, yes and loved and i don't know where i heard this but it basically said anything your partner is saying out loud like is important to them mm-hmm. so listen oh bingo that's a good one and even if it's not important to you it's important to them because they're saying it out loud 
And I've heard that a long time ago. And I feel like that's really because sometimes like, again, you know, from a guy perspective, we could be talking about whatever. Like I, you know, what do I talk you off about? Like random bands and music. Right. And I it's like bands. I know you're not even into, <laughs> but like literally anything, anything you say now, like I try to like, okay, stop what I'm doing. Cause she's telling me about this <laughs> new Ikea bench. I'm making this up on the spot. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, you're saying it. So it's important. But I just, I found that was like, that's so true. helpful for communication yeah. because it's easy to be like, oh, she's talking about this wallpaper again. And I don't care about the <laughs> wallpaper, but then that would clearly make that person. They're not yeah. heard, not listened to. And then they don't feel loved because it's almost like just even if you know in your head and I, Jen, you do a good job. Sometimes you even sit there like, well, she's pretending she's actually into this new <laughs> Def Leppard album. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, she's doing the trick, but I appreciate and love her for the sake of just like, because she's trying. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now, yeah. So that was now what popped I'll into my head. have to be extra present when my husband's talking about work and, fixing a lawnmower oh, or installing I, some sort of yes. aftermarket We need another podcast about, on there's got to be a limit on like trucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. I uh, love you, but I'm at the limit for today. Yes. This will have to wait for tomorrow. There's got to be, there's got to be wives and girlfriends or <laughs> boyfriends, their spouses and like golf, right? I feel like they'd be like, oh my goodness, is golf season enough <laughs> with your last round right sometimes even when i come home I'm like okay jen on hole seven this happened she's like i don't even know what hole I seven don't even is know. or where were you golfing i don't even know but hole anyway, seven is yeah. a bad hole that's just a kidding. funny conversation to yeah figure out. okay where's um, the healthy boundary on how long i'm allowed to talk about <laughs> rock bands anyway um, um anyways amy this has been amazing i feel like i've had such an enjoyable time yeah, with I've this podcast really um where can people find you so instagram um it's at mind and then underscore full mama if you want to check me out there and it's the same um on Facebook, or if you would like to go to the website, it's www.rosierblakeycounseling.com. Um, yeah, and that's where where you can find me. And if you want to check out my content to see what I kind of do bring to my sessions, uh, that's a really good reflection of who I am as a as a counselor. So people can kind of get a little sneak peek of like what they're kind of yeah getting absolutely getting into. We'll, um, yeah, we'll tag you when we. Usually we share our podcast on social media and then we'll tag you so people can yeah. um, just find you there. But yeah, it was really fun. No, thank you. And, uh, thank this. you, ladies, for letting me sit in on this podcast. <laughs> You're episode. breaking barriers, like I said. <laughs> uh, Important no, ones. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. And we'll see everyone soon. Thank you. Awesome. Take care, everybody. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We want to give a quick shout out to the artist Quixotic for letting us use this awesome music. Our goal with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. So if you're enjoying it, then don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy, and stay happy.